Section 5 of The Christ is One by Cyril of Alexandria, translated by P. E. Pusey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. But let our argument proceed again on its course, bidding farewell to their vomit. For if, because of the word being in him, he have been made a worker of signs, they perchance say that he is one of the holy prophets. For the word has wrought divine signs to the hands of the saints, too. But if they say that the Son is in these, they lower him into the measure of prophets or apostles. Yea, they say, for has he not been called prophet and apostle? You are not wrong, for Moses said to them of the race of Israel, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up to you out of your brethren as me. The divine Paul, too, has written, Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Jesus. Let them tell then, for I will ask, would the grace of prophecy, or the being vouchsafed apostolic prerogative, and being called high priest too, be an honor to a man? Yes. Yet they would say that to Christ, in that he is conceived of as God, these things are petty and not worthy of receiving, even though through these very things he is seen emptied, and receiving them with the manhood. But as being God by nature, and Lord in truth, he took bondman's form, made therein, and assuming our estate, so both giving the spirit of prophecy, and ordaining apostles, and establishing priests, he was made like in all things to his brethren, for thus he was named prophet, apostle, high priest. But even though they grant that he was a prophet, they say that he was not so as one of the prophets, but that he was placed far above their measure. For they had the grace meted to them, and accrued to them in time. He was full of the Godhead even straight away from his very birth, for the word being God was with him. It was then in the amount of grace and in length of time that Christ has surpassed the holy prophets which were before him, and it is this which is his special privilege. The point for investigation is whether he was a prophet at all, and not his having more or less, or even excelling, seeing that in his being a prophet, and in his not passing beyond our measure does his low estate consist, even though he be conceived of as this from the beginning, just as was the holy Baptist too, of whom the blessed angel says, And he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb. How then was the one a servant, the other all-glorious in the dignity of Lord? And of himself, blessed John says, He that is of the earth, of the earth he speaketh. But of Emmanuel, he that cometh from above is superior to all. Yet will they perchance say, the word which hath beamed forth of God the Father is above, yea, and superior to all, and they are afraid to allot to him what belong to man, lest haply he be wrong thereby, and brought down to dishonor. Therefore they affirm that he took a man and connected with himself this person in regard to whom what belonged to man might have place and be spoken of, and no damage should accrue to the nature of the word himself. Hence he who is assumed will confessedly be conceived of, and said to be, other than he. But we will not follow their fatuity, nor make them definers and innovators of our faith, 
neglecting the sacred scripture, and dishonoring the tradition from forth the holy apostles and evangelists, nor, for that a mind weak and most empty of learning has taken up its abode in them, and one that cannot look into the depth of the mystery, let us also go astray, sharing their unlearning, and refusing to go the straight way of the truth. But we know that the most holy Paul hath written, that we ought to throw down reasonings, and every height which reareth itself against the knowledge of God, and to reduce captive every thought unto the obedience of Christ. But now can you tell whereat they are offended, and in Jewish wise stumble at the stone of offence? I can, for how should I not? They are very many, but they shall be told one by one. They say, therefore, that Christ has been sanctified by the Father, for it has been written, and John witnessed, saying, I have seen the Spirit descending out of heaven, and it abode on him, and I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize in water. He said to me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and abiding upon him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Ghost. And I have seen and have witnessed that this is the Son of God. Paul too hath written of him, for he who sanctifieth and the sanctified are all out of one. For the word being God and holy by nature will by no means be sanctified. It remains therefore to say that the man assumed by him in the way of connection has been sanctified. How then does he who has been baptized, and who received the open descent of the Spirit, baptize with the Holy Ghost, and perform what belong to and beseem the divine nature alone, for he is the bestower of holiness. And in proof of this, the incarnate word breathed as a bodily act his own proper good upon the holy apostles, saying, Receive ye the Holy Ghost, whosoever sins ye remit, they have been remitted, whosoever ye retain, they have been retained. And how has the divine Baptist, most clearly indicating him who has been sanctified, borne witness that this is the Son of God, alone and without the article. For the initiator of the world should, if he knew that it was another Son beside him who is truly Son, have signified the truth, saying clearly, This is he who, by connection with the Son who is by nature and in truth, has been made Son by gift and grace. But he said nothing of the kind. But knowing that he is one and the same, both word from forth of God the Father, and from forth the seed of David according to the flesh, says that he was sanctified as man, and again sanctifies in that he is conceived of as God. For he was, as I said, this and that in the same. If therefore he have not been made man, if he have not been born after the flesh from a woman, let us drive away from him what belonged to man. But if it is true that lowering himself unto emptiness he hath been made as we, why do they part from him the things through which he will be conceived of as emptied with utter ill counsel, undoing the fair scheme of the economy with flesh? If, therefore, he be said both, to have received glory, and been made Lord, and to be exalted by the Father, to be set King also, shall you attribute these two to God the Word, and will you not full surely be damaging his glory? 
that the nature of god the word has been filled with true glory royalty and lordship how can one doubt and that he is firmly to be conceived of as being in heights the most god befitting but since he appeared as man to whom all things are a gift and imparted therefore he full and giving to all from out his own fullness in human wise receives making our poverty his own and in christ was an unwonted and strange marvel in servants form lordship in human mean estate god befitting glory that which is under the yoke as to the measure of manhood crowned with the dignities of royalty and in supremest excellences that which is low for the only begotten hath been made man not in order that he might remain in the measure of the emptying but in order that taking along therewith what is its he might thus too be known to be god by nature and might ennoble because of himself the nature of man rendering it participate of holy and divine dignities and we shall find the saints themselves too calling the son even when he was made man the glory of god the father and king and lord for isaiah somewhere says as if the man gleaneth an olive tree thus shall they glean them and when the vintage ceaseth these shall shout with their voice and they that are left in the earth shall rejoice together with the glory of the lord and again another of the saints says shine o jerusalem for thy light is come and the glory of the lord is risen upon thee lo darkness and gloom shall cover the earth but upon thee shall the lord appear and the glory of the lord shall be seen on thee and james his disciple says brethren have not in respect of persons the faith of our lord jesus christ of glory the divine peter again if ye are reproached for christ ye are blessed because the spirit of glory and of god rests upon you enough good sir of such testimonies but tell us how we are to understand what is written of christ who in the days of his flesh having offered supplications and entreaties with mighty cry and tears to him that is able to save him from death and heard for his fear although son learned obedience from the things which he suffered and perfected became author to them that obey him of salvation indissoluble i will add to what i said this too my god my god why forsooketh thou me for they say that such things are incongruous to god the word and i would say that they come very far short of his inherent excellence i myself too know that these things would not befit the word which is sprung forth of god the father if the mode of the economy be put aside and if we do not admit that he have been made flesh according to the scriptures but since we rest firmly on this and the doubting one whit about it involves a charge of impiety come let us view closely as far as we may the depth of the economy the word therefore from forth of god the father appeared in likeness of us to aid in countless ways our human condition and to show full well the path that leads us to everything that is admirable it was then necessary that we should learn when temptation attacks them who are in peril for the love of god what sort of people they ought to be who have chosen to live a life and conversation noble and excellent whether they should be seen by their saviour remiss and falling back into negligence and out of due season revelling and spreading themselves out for delight 
or intent unto prayer and bathed in tears, and thirsting for aid from him and for manliness, if he should be pleased that we should also suffer. It needed besides what we should know to our profit, whither the goal of obedience ends, and through what prizes it goes, what and how great the reward of endurance. Christ therefore became a pattern of such things, and hereto the divine Peter confirms us, saying, For what renown if sinning and buffeting ye endure? But if well-doing ye endure, this is thank from God, because Christ too died for us, leaving us an ensample, that ye should follow his steps. Hence the word of God no longer bear and imparticipate in the measures of the emptying, but in the days of his flesh has been made a pattern to us, in that then, without any blame, he could use the measures of the human nature, and prolong his prayer, and shed the tear, and seem now both to need a Saviour and to learn obedience, albeit Son. For the Spirit-clad was, as it were, astonished at the mystery, that being by nature and truly Son, and eminent in the glories of the Godhead, he let himself down unto low estate, so as to undergo the meanness of our human poverty. Yet was the pattern, as I said, comely and helpful, so as one might learn hence, and that full easily, that we ought not to hasten another road when the season calls us to manliness. And indeed Christ said at one time, And fear not them that slay the body, but cannot slay the soul, but rather fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. At another again, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, and take up his cross, and follow me. The duty of following him, what else is it than that we must be all manly against temptations? And with that, ask the aid that is from above, not negligently or remissly, but using rather intensest prayers, and letting fall from our eyes the tear of godly fear. You say well. If, moreover, he say, My God, my God, why forsookest thou me? How will they understand it? They would deem, as I suppose, that these are the words of the man who is assumed. Of one who has broken down, and who considers the onslaught of the trial as not to be borne, as intolerable, or how? Of one who is distraught, as appears, out of human faint-heartedness, since to the disciples, too, he said, Exceeding sorrowful is my soul unto death, and fell down before the Father himself, saying, Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not as I will, but as thou. And verily this is nothing else than what we said just now, who in the days of his flesh, having offered both supplications and entreaties to him who could save him from death, with a mighty cry and tears. If any think that Christ had come down to this point of faint-heartedness, and that he was sorrowful and very heavy, holding it intolerable to suffer, overcome with fear, and mastered by weakness, he clearly accuses him of not being God, and shows that to no purpose, as it seems, did he rebuke Peter. How do you say? For Christ said, See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be betrayed into the hands of sinners, and they shall mock him and crucify him, and the third day he shall rise. He, being pious, says, God be propitious to thee, Lord, this shall not be to thee. And what said Christ to him? Get thee behind me, Satan. 
Thou art an offence to me, because thou dost not think the things of God, but the things of men. And yet how did the disciple miss of what is fitting, in wanting the trial to be taken away from his master, if it were insufferable to him, and by no means tolerable, but rather lowering unto impotence, and apt to shiver in pieces, him who charged his disciples to be stout against the fear of death, and to count suffering nothing, so that the good pleasure of God should be accomplished by them. And I wonder that they, saying that he has been connected with the only begotten, and declaring him partaker of the divine dignities, subject him to the fear of death, that so he may be seen to be bare man as we are, and to have gained nothing from the divine dignities. What, then, is the plan of the economy herein? Clearly mystical and deep, and to be marvelled at by them who know aright the mystery of Christ. For view, I pray, the words which beseem the emptying, and are not incongruous to the measures of manhood, how they were uttered in due and needful season, that he who is over all creation might be seen to have been made in every respect as we. Hereto will follow again this also. What? Seeing that we have been made accursed because of the transgression in Adam, and forsaken of God have fallen under the snare of death, and that all things have been made new in Christ, and a return of our condition to what it was in the beginning has taken place, need was it that the second Adam which is out of heaven, he who is superior to all sin, the all-holy and undefiled second firstfruits of our race, Christ, should free from sentence the nature of men, and call again upon it the good favour that is from above and from the Father, and undo the forsaking through his obedience and entire subjection. For he did no sin, and the race of man in him has gained the riches of spotlessness and entire blamelessness, so that it at length may with boldness cry out, My God, my God, why forsookest thou me? For consider that the only begotten, having been made man, gave forth such words as one of us, and in behalf of our whole nature, as though he said, The first man hath transgressed, he slipped down into disobedience, he heeded not the command given him, by the wiles of the dragon he was carried off into willfulness. Therefore full rightly has he been subjected unto decay, and has become subject to doom. But thou didst plant me a second beginning to them on the earth. I am called second Adam. In me thou seest the race of man purged, achieving sinlessness, holy, all pure. Give now the good things of thy clemency, undo the forsaking, rebuke decay, and let wrath reach its period. I have conquered Satan himself too, who of old prevailed, for he found in me no wit of what was his. Such, then, as I think, is the meaning of the Saviour's words, for he was inviting the good favour of the Father not on himself, but on us rather. For as the fruits of wrath passed through as from the first root, I mean Adam, unto the whole nature of man, for death hath reigned from Adam unto Moses, over them too which sin not after the likeness of Adam's transgression, thus too will the fruits from our second firstfruits, Christ, pass through unto the whole human race. And the all-wise Paul will be our warrant, saying, For if by the transgression of one man the many died, much more by the righteousness of the one shall the many live. And again, For as in Adam all die, 
so too in Christ shall all be quickened. Unwise, therefore, and utterly incongruous to the Holy Scripture, is it both to deem and to say that the man assumed used human expressions as forsaken by the word which was connected with him? Blasphemy, my friend, and a proof of the uttermost stupefaction, and that full clear will this be. Yet is it not incongruous to those who understand not to think aright, for since they sever and divide utterly both words and facts, and have allotted the one to the only begotten alone and by himself, the other as it were to the Son, other than he, and from a woman, therefore have they missed of the straight and most unerring way, and of clearly knowing the mystery of Christ. We must not then divide either words or facts when the gospel and apostolic preachings are brought forward? By no means as far as pertains to two persons and hypostases severed from one another, and diverging altogether apart and separately. For in that there is one Son, the Word made man for our sakes, I would say that all are His, both words and facts, both the God-befitting and besides the human. Hence, even if He be said to be weary from the journey, to be hungry, and to share in sleep, will it be fit tell me to allot to God the word things thus mean and abased? The word still bare, and not yet incarnate, and ere he descended unto the emptying, it will by no means be fit, for you deem aright. But to him made man, and emptied, what hurt can this inflict on him? For as we say that his flesh was made his own, so again his are the weaknesses of the flesh, through the economic appropriation of them and after the mode of the emptying, for he was made like in all things to his brethren, without sin alone. And marvel not that we say that he has made the weaknesses of the flesh his own along with the flesh, whence to himself again he hath allotted the contumelies too from without, which were put upon him by the frowardness of the Jews, saying through the voice of the psalmist, They parted my garments among themselves, and upon my vesture they cast the lot. And again, all that see me sneer at me, they spake with their lips, they wagged the head. Hence, though he say, for example, He that hath seen me hath seen the Father, I and the Father are one, and to the Jews, Why are you seeking to kill me, a man who have told you the truth which I heard of God? Shall we allow that the words both one and the other belong to one and the same? Most certainly, for Christ has never been divided, but is believed to be one and only and very Son by all who worship Him. For the image of the invisible God, the brightness of the glory of the person of the Father, the impress of His essence, took bondman's form, not as though connecting the man to Himself, as they say, but rather Himself made in that form, yet even so abiding in likeness to God the Father. And the all-wise Paul hath written, For it is God who said that the light should shine forth of darkness, who shone in our hearts unto the illumining of the knowledge of his glory in the face of Christ Jesus. For view how it is in the person of Christ that the illumining of the divine and ineffable glory of God the Father shines forth. For the only begotten, albeit man, shows in himself the glory of the Father, for this alone, and none other, is conceived of and called Christ. 
else let our opponents teach us how one can behold in a mere man the illumining or the knowledge of the divine glory. For not in the form of man shall we see God. Yet in the word alone which has been made as we, and made man, and hath even thus remained by nature and truly son, might one in wondrous wise see this too, in that he is conceived of as God. And verily, the steward of his mysteries, having called him Christ Jesus, as having been made as we, and incarnate, knows that he is so, together with being God by nature, and in truth. For he writes after this wise, More boldly in part I have written to you, as reminding you because of the grace given me by God, that I should be a minister of Christ Jesus, ministering the gospel of God. Zacharias, too, prophesieth to his own child, I mean the Baptist, And thou, little one, shalt be called the prophet of the Most High, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord to prepare a people for him. And the divine Baptist pointed out the Most High and Lord, saying, See the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me cometh a man who has been made before me, because he was prior to me. Is it then lawful to doubt that one and only and truly Son is the word forth of God the Father, together with the flesh united to him, and that not without soul, as some say, but ensouled with reasonable soul, and in all respects one person with it? I would not doubt it in the least, for one Lord, one faith, one baptism. End of section 5